I tried to unload the dishwasher and I felt myself wanting to throw a glass at your head, so I closed myself in the bedroom. <laughs> I quit in the middle of the dishwasher unloading and left. Okay. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lopes. Join me every Monday as we dive into what it looks like to be men who fall in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. You can learn more about our books, resources, conferences, and even online community by going to dadtired.com. Let's dive into today's episode. Super glad to have you guys back here on the Dad Tired Podcast. I have Layla joining me today. It's been a while since you've been on, babe. No, it has. Welcome back. Hi, thank you. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about um, how to fight for unity with your spouse and what the opposite of that looks like. And Layla will also be telling you about the first fight that we've had in quite a long time. Yes. So she'll get into (laughs) all that happened just last week. Try not to get re-mad. Yeah. So uh, that just happened last week. So... Excited to rehash that out in front of thousands of people. That'll be fun. Uh, Before we dive into that, though, I would like to thank my friends over at um, policygenius.com for sponsoring this episode. As we are recording this episode, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit more in just a second, but we are sitting in our living room. It is six in the morning, and we are surrounded by a disaster of a house full of moving boxes. Um, And we'll talk about that why that is in a second, I'm sure. But moving can be really scary. But what also is scary is trying to find life insurance for your family. And so if you are in the spot where you're like, man, I know that I should be getting life insurance for my family and I'm totally intimidated by it and I have no idea what to do, definitely check out policygenius.com. Policygenius.com is the easiest way to shop for life insurance online. In just minutes, you can compare quotes from the top insurers and find your best price. One of the best things about it is once you find a a policy that you're excited about and you start tweaking around with it, uh, the Policy Genius team is going to take care of all the paperwork and red tape for you. So if you're really intimidated by it and you're like, I don't even know where to begin, I'm not getting it because I can't, I'm like paralyzed by all the information, their team is wonderful and they're going to take care of all that for you. They make it very, very simple. You can go online, answer a few questions, and they will take care of the rest. They make uh, not just life insurance easy, but you can actually get all kinds of insurance through them, whether it's home insurance, auto insurance, disability insurance, whatever kind of insurance you need, they've got you covered. Uh, Make sure to go to policygenius.com where you can get quotes, apply in minutes, and do the whole thing, even on your phone right now that you're listening to this podcast to, which is really awesome. Again, Policy Genius makes is the easiest way to get life insurance. Go to policygenius.com, the easiest way to compare all the top insurers and find what's best for you, policygenius.com. Uh, all right, babe. Well, let's not even, uh, let's just bypass the small talk here and get right into the, uh, the juicy stuff. Okay. Last week, you and I got in a fight. Yep. Is fight the right word? Um, there were some escalating tensions that were really trying to peek into a big fight. Could have gotten there easily. Okay. Tell us what happened. But it was unpleasant. Um, so are we telling the whole story of why there are boxes here yet or? Oh, uh, you can. If you get into details, that may be <clears throat> not good. I'll stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess this was before. So 
Um, yes, we are entering. I just know and I sense deeply that we are entering into a stressful season. Um, there's just like a lot of change coming up for us. No, you can be more, people are going to be wondering like what's happening. We got evicted. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, <that's, yeah. laughs> we got evicted um, Super from our home. It was a no fault eviction. So we didn't do anything wrong. You know, we have a good relationship with our landlady, um, but we've been renting this home with our little family for six years. And uh, yeah, she just... Uh, sent us a letter from her lawyer and asked us to please leave. Um, <laughs> she would like to move into the home herself, which is fine, but it also rattles us a bit. Um, so we have 90 days and in the next 90 days, um, Jared's next book is almost due and we have Thanksgiving and we have Christmas and there's a lot of travel and, um, there's it's just a very stressful it's time. It's a super stressful season. It's winter. Nobody in Oregon, nobody wants to move in the middle of winter in Oregon. Also, um, do they know we live off of my income, which is a part-time, like two days a week. Yeah. So we just don't have a lot of extra funds to like pay deposits anywhere. And anyway, it was just super bad timing. So it's very expensive to live around here. It's super expensive in the Portland, Oregon area. Yeah. So you can't just like willy nilly go find another cheap apartment. There's just no such thing. So we were really fortunate to live here um, in this home. She'd never raised the rent. Um, it was affordable for us and we were just kind of settled until the next thing. And she just kind of turned the timer on and it's taken away. Yeah. So very unexpectedly, we got an eviction notice and that was, those are like the underlying circumstances yeah. of what caused the fight or yeah, the yeah. ingredients for it. Mm -hmm. So I had told Jared, um, I just knew, you know, anytime there's like big transitions in family or stressors like moving or job changes or, you know, being evicted, you're, it's just a recipe or like Jared said, the ingredients for like some fights to happen. And, and we're trying to make really big decisions. And now she's put a timer on, which I don't operate under. Well, I'm a, I'm an Enneagram type five. I need a lot of time to consider my options. What's the best thing. It takes me like two years to pick the best syrup for Pete's sake. So to like decide where we're going to go and what we're going to do is going to I know it's going to have it take a toll. So I told Jared preemptively, like, hey, we're entering into a season that's going to be stressful and, you know, financially and just big decisions. And I just really want to make sure we're protective of each other and our marriage. And I thought this was awesome. Like, pat myself on the back. I'm thinking of our marriage and knowing that this upcoming season is going to be hard on us. So let's be protective of each other and our marriage and stay close to one another. And, and he's like, yeah, that's good. And then, uh, I don't even know what happened after that. Next thing I know, you're mad at me. Um, it literally was like within an hour of my saying that he, we're like, in my mind, this is how I saw it happening. We were kind of messing around and play being playful and uh, he, we were literally playing around and I was giggling and laughing. And then he just gets up and he's like, I'm going to the store to get groceries. And I was like, wait, what happened? 
And he was, I could tell something had switched and I didn't know what had happened. I thought we were having fun and all of a sudden he was mad. Oh, he was teasing. He's like, nothing stressful is happening, which of course it was a joke. I thought it was a joke because obviously, you know, there's a lot of stressful things happening and, and, uh, and so anyway, and I'm giggling like you're dumb. Yes, there are. And then he's just mad. And I, and I, so I followed him out to the kitchen and I was like, you're not going anywhere. Give me a hug. And I'm still trying to be super playful. And I said, like I said, we need to stay connected. Give me a hug. And he wouldn't hug me. (laughs) He wouldn't do it. Like, and he legit for probably five minutes, I physically stood in front of him and said, give me a hug. You're not giving me a hug and we need to stay close. And then he wouldn't do it. So then I got mad. Oh yeah. That's what happened. Um, well, to fill in some details there, um, so in between that con- the initial conversation where you said we need to stay close with each other, and then um, just a couple minutes after that, we were kind of, we were being like, I was trying to like be flirty with you, and yeah, and I was giggling. So you like giggling? I didn't. I didn't feel the reciprocation of the flirtiness. And I was trying to be like, you know, let's be flirty. Let's <laughs> have a kiss. <laughs> you know, trying not to be overly explicit here on the <laughs> uh, PG rated podcast, you know, but I'm trying to like be flirty and maybe make a move or two. And I didn't feel like you were reciprocating that. And so that was the first time in my mind that I was telling myself, like, she's like, withdrawing from me or she's pulling away from me or she's not um you're doing in my mind i was feeling like you were doing what you just told me we shouldn't be doing uh which is you know stay close to each other so you it sounds like in that moment we're like yeah we're that we're i was feeling we're in sync i'm not good at expressing myself but i was enjoying myself (laughs) i thought it was funny and we were giggling yeah but it didn't escalate to anything else well (laughs) It's the middle of the day and our kids are yeah, here. Well, there's always opportunity for okay. baby making. Uh, so <laughs> anyway. For another podcast yeah, so, in the world. Uh, so I just didn't feel like it was being fully reciprocated. My flirtiness wasn't being fully reciprocated. Is that, am I saying that right? Reciprocated? <laughs> yeah. 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 You no, know, when you say a word so many times, it doesn't <laughs> It's a good indication. Stop using that word. Okay. Change it. So uh it didn't feel like you were giving back to me what I was giving to you. And then immediately we walked away from that. So I was kind of flustered at that point. And then we kind of, we walked away from that and came into the kitchen and you could kind of tell like I was flustered. And so you went to give me a hug and I'm like, oh, now you want to, it felt very forced when I was just trying to what naturally felt like a time to like be huggy and lovey. And now you're asking me for a hug and it felt very forced and I didn't want to give you a forced hug. So I completely missed the that you felt like I was not reciprocating. I yeah. thought I was. I was. I thought I was. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea that you didn't think that I was. I thought we were having a good time. Yeah. So we'll, then, t- we'll talk about that. Suddenly we weren't. We'll talk about like where we failed in that whole situation in a second. But um, so anyway, though, you, we were in the kitchen, you tried to give me a hug. I didn't give you a hug. And again, we'll talk, I'll talk about all the re- ways that I, we and me did not um, do that well or right. But I didn't give you a hug. I was as stiff as a board. I got rejected hard for like five minutes. Yeah. I tried real hard. Yeah. So then now you're mad and you went into the living or into the bedroom, shut the door 
And I tried to unload the dishwasher and I felt myself wanting to throw a glass at your head. So I closed (laughs) myself in the bedroom. (laughs) I quit in the middle of the dishwasher unloading and left. (laughs) Okay. That's true. (laughs) So we went from that and then I thought, okay, we are in a really stressful season. Um, You know, we can't be doing this. So I went into the bedroom after a few minutes. You were crying which is, well, don't tell them that. <laughs> which is not a uh, normal thing for you. So I knew I really hurt you. Uh, you told me what you were feeling and kind of told me that you felt rejected in that moment. I told you a little bit what I was feeling. Um, but it kind of stewed even for the rest of that day. Like it was, it, you know, I, I apologize, but it's still like we were feeling kind of the heat of that. Anyway, to wrap the story up, you, you went to work the next day. You had to get up early the next morning. We didn't see each other. I text you while you were at work because we don't really have a chance to talk. I'm never. I'm not usually a fan of like texting things out, but you were at work and I wanted to let you know that I was willing. I wanted this to not turn into something bigger. So I apologized again. We kind of worked it out via text and then quick phone call. And then you came home and you had um, shown a lot of grace and just kind of dropped it so that we can move on. And so the whole thing lasted less than 24 hours, but that was like the thing. Mm-hmm. The reason that I'm, we're even bringing this up is there's um, a lot of you guys have been posting on the Dad Tired Facebook group that you're going through a, like marriage thick stuff. There's been some really heavy marriage crisis posts in the Facebook group. And so I've just been seeing a lot. Some of you guys have personally reached out to me, whether it's Instagram DM or Facebook or whatever, and kind of shared what you're going through. And I just feel like, uh, I said this on Instagram the other day, but I feel like there's just a lot, I don't know if it's the season change where kids are back to school and we're like out of summer mode. Um, that would be like, you know, kind of low level circumstantial stuff, high level. Like if we, I don't want to over spiritualize it, but you know, the enemy could be, uh, doing whatever he's doing to try to mess up marriages. And it just seems like a lot of people are going through a lot of crummy seasons in marriage right now. And so what we wanted to talk about and what feels very relevant to us because we just literally had, we haven't had like a, even like a little tiff. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how I wrote a book. These new I, words. I, yeah. I've got about 60 words in my vocabulary. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. No, we had the one huge one. Like, are we going to survive? Is our marriage going to make it a couple of years ago? Yeah, and then so. since then, there's just yeah, yeah. a little like, Uneasinesses, but no big. That's probably the first time I made you cry in several years. Good long time, yeah. You guys want to take a minute to thank my friends over at HelloFresh for sponsoring today's episode. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit delivery service. You're going to get easy, seasonal, and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook it and enjoy it. HelloFresh makes cooking delicious meals at home a reality, regardless of how comfortable you are in the kitchen. Even guys like me who don't really know what we're doing can bust out really great and delicious meals. I've got my mom coming into town this week. I've also got a HelloFresh box coming in this week. And so I will uh, convince my mom that I'm an amazing chef, even though I don't really know what I'm doing. Thanks to HelloFresh, they make me look much, much better than I actually am. They've got all kinds of recipes, 20 plus seasonal recipes, chef curated recipes every single week for you to pick from. They've got more five-star recipes than any other meal kit. So you know, you're going to get something delicious. You can always add extra things to your deliveries 
um, like garlic bread or cookie dough if the kids are being especially good that week. You can even easily change your delivery dates, your food preferences, or skip a week if you need to. They make things very, very flexible. This week, as my mom comes into town, we're going to be trying the chicken pineapple quesadillas. I've actually had them before. It's one of the most popular um, items on the HelloFresh menu. Really, really good stuff. Uh, so make sure to check out those as you subscribe. As always, want to give you guys, the Dad Tired listeners, the hookup. You can get $80 off your first month of HelloFresh when you go to HelloFresh.com forward slash Tired80. That's 8-0. And enter the promo code Tired80. Again, for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com forward slash Tired80 and enter the promo code Tired80, 8-0 at checkout. That's going to be like getting 8 free meals. Again, go to hellofresh.com forward slash tired 80. Uh, so anyway, so it's relevant to us right now as we're, we're feeling the stress of life circumstance for us. I know we're not um, alone in that, you know, we got an eviction notice this week, but a lot of you guys are going through some really heavy stuff, whether that be sickness in your families, financial stressors. Um, there's all, there's just all kinds of stuff that you guys are dealing with that are kind of pulling in on your marriages as well. So we get that. It's not just about us and that you guys are feeling all the weight of marriage being hard too. And so that's really why, what we wanted to talk about is what does it look like, um, for us to pursue unity with our spouse really in these seasons that are, that can be hard as they come up in marriage. And I'm reminded, I've talked about this before on the podcast. I wrote chapters on this in both of the books, but really I was just reminded again this week as we went through our thing that I can't take for granted my efforts towards you in our marriage on like a, if it's not like a daily thing, I didn't say that very well, but um, uh, essentially I have to pursue you and I have to fight for pursuing your heart daily. And I can't just assume that something I did last week or that because we've been coasting really well um, in our marriage for the last even several months or years that, you know, we're okay. And that, that will buy us. That'll kind of get us through the hard stuff. Cause the reality is um, every single day in marriage is going to be, uh, has to be intentional in, in chasing after your heart and making sure that we're okay. And that's just a reminder, and this is what I talk about in both the books, that um, it's a reminder of God's pursuit of us daily and that he didn't just come after us once. I always say he didn't just like put a ring on it and then bail, um, but he pursues us daily. We see that, especially I talk about it where we in the in Exodus where God shows up for the people in the desert and he could have provided for them enough food to last them months, but he provides for them daily. In fact, he even tells them, if you don't trust me daily, then the food will spoil. And it's really this beautiful relationship between God and his people on a daily basis. And then Paul later says, pursue your wives the way that God has pursued us. Well, how does God pursue us? He pursues us daily. And so anyway, it was just a reminder to me this week as we got into our little thing that was like, um, I have to pursue you daily mm-hmm. and I, and I have to like chase after you daily. So you, I guess, oh, go yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, do you remember when I, th- I think it was maybe when we were in marriage counseling before or some book we read where they were saying like, I think it must've been a book. I can't remember. No, it was marriage counseling. I remember. I know exactly what you're talking about. No, well, the, it like all boiled down to one question from both sides. And the question was, are you there for me? 
Oh, remember yeah. that? I yeah, feel that's like it was Brene in a... Brown. That's Brene oh, Brown. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So all you guys probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but that and that, it's funny that that it all boils down to: Are you there for me? Like at the end of the day, that's it. Like all the surrounding stressful things. Um, that happen, if we can just know that, yes, my husband or my wife is there for me, there's so much security in that, that all the other things um, are easier to get through. But it's funny, like even in the story you were just sharing, like those people could have asked, like, is God there for me? Mm. And every day they would have been able to say yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, go Yeah. Ahead. What's really interesting also is that I just made an assumption that I knew what you were about to say and I was wrong. Oh. <laughs> and that just like, again, That's proves funny, the point. Yeah. Like that, that was obviously a little thing, but yeah. we make assumptions yeah. about our spouse um, that, Mm-hmm. oftentimes aren't true mm-hmm. and that's what happened to us the other day I was you get a, comfortable and just yeah. I know well, what you I w- want I know what you need I know what you're gonna say mm-hmm. and I was making assumptions about what you were feeling mm-hmm. uh, the other day and you were making assumptions about what I was feeling and um, th- we know what people say about assumptions right like it just mm-hmm. it's just not a good thing so what I thought you were going to say actually was that when we were in counseling and they, he was talking about the um, 24 hours, like mm-hmm. like yeah, science is, mm-hmm. is showing that, that attachment phase. Yeah, we've talked about that on mm-hmm. the podcast before. Yeah, within, within 24 hours. So um, I was just updating those. Who oh, made, yeah, the this, attachment phase. This might fades. be their first time. Yes, the, yeah, that's what science said. This guy, our marriage counselor, showed us or told us that um, it only takes 24. So you could have the best date and like super feel super feel super connected to your spouse um, and have an amazing time, but even, and then like, let's say, you know, spouse goes to work and, or whatever, you know, you have a trip planned, so you have to leave, but like within 24 hours that those feelings of connection, I don't know whether it's like just emotional or biological or whatever the, the sense of connection, um, actually starts to fade just 24 hours later. So you can't like have an amazing date and then just do it again, like in a month or two with no other pursuit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have to, um, in order to keep connection, you have to pursue daily, which is what God Mm -hmm. does to us, Um, which is really beautiful that I always love when science is like revealing to us how we're wired Mm -hmm. and the way that God designed us. And then it makes sense with God's character, which is always really cool. Um, So I guess what I'd like to talk about for just a minute is what would it look like? So what do spouses do? And really, we can kind of use our thing. Um, that we got into this last week is where did we go wrong and what can spouses do so that they don't go wrong um, when they're in seasons of stress and they're just feeling like, um, you know, at, at each other's throats where they want to mm-hmm. throw glasses at each other's uh, head <laughs> at the dishwasher. Yeah. Um, I, I think the first thing is, and we've talked about this a little bit um, in this last week, is just having hard conversations even before your emotions tell you you want to have those conversations am i saying that right yeah i think so um like i didn't want to go back into the room and say i'm sorry within you know 20 minutes of you were still feeling not happy with me but you came in anyway you didn't wait for your emotions to be like okay i miss her i should go say sorry right which in marriage early when i was when we were first married that could have been like days yeah i would have waited for my emotions and sometimes those actions will lead to emotion Mm -hmm. um so like i wasn't feeling (laughs) necessarily like you know i'm ready to be over this because i in my immaturity five seven years ago 10 years ago when we got married i'd have been like 
you know, let's fight. Let's mm-hmm. keep going. I'm ready to duke it out. Yeah, we would have fights and not talk for days. Yeah. Because we just didn't feel like it yet. Right. And so I, I'm trying to grow in maturity as a man. And so I'm like, okay, we, I need to go in and apologize even if I don't feel it. But what's interesting is when I go in and apologize and I see that it's really hurt you, I see you crying, my emotions caught up to the action. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man, what I did was hurtful. And now I really am sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't come in here necessarily feeling that way, but now I really am. I really do feel sorry for what I've done. And um, and so just being quick to like not let your emotions determine whether or not you are going to um, chase after your spouse's heart and chase after unity um, because we, don't, we just don't allow emotions to do that. And that's mm-hmm. part of the covenantal relationship and not the contract relationship is mm-hmm. I'm going to pursue you regardless of what you give back to me. That's how God, I mean, God, the covenant is even if you don't hold up your end of the deal, mm-hmm. I'm pursuing you. That's a dif- the difference between a covenant and a contract. And so marriage is this covenantal relationship where even if you don't hold up your end of the deal, we're in a covenant. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not leaving. Right. Contract says you do your part, then I'll do mine. Mm-hmm. If you don't do your part, I don't have to do mine. Right. But, right. The covenant in which we had in our marriage vows, yeah. or I did, <clears throat> was more, yeah, no matter what, this is my this is my end of the deal and I'll uphold it. Yep. Yeah, so just, uh, I guess the, the first thing to think through would be if you are in your marriage uh, and you're, you feel like you're going through it and your emotions aren't there, um, to step into hard conversations for the sake of your marriage, for the sake of your kids, and I always say for the sake of the biggest thing, for the sake of the gospel, that you give your kids and yourself and your spouse and your community, everyone around you, a glimpse of that covenantal love of the gospel. Um, when we do that, we show the world what God is like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think where most marriages um, are like feeling it right now are what happens when you don't do that is you let these little moments of bitterness come in. And so you think, well, today I don't want to bring it up because it sucks today. Today's mm-hmm. really hard. And so what happens is you just take like one brick or one little piece of bitterness and you tuck it in. You can hear our baby crying in the background. As, <laughs> yeah, she uh, woke up. She's waking up. Um, <laughs> but what you can feel is that little, that little piece of bitterness like tuck in and you're just going to tuck it in. It's no big deal. It's just today. I don't, we'll talk about this later. Mm-hmm. And then the week goes by and the week's busy and you guys are doing things. And it's now it's like awkward to bring up that hard mm-hmm. thing that came up a week ago. Maybe you're still feeling the fight. Maybe you're not, but you didn't, you never took care of that bitterness. But and then it happens again. It happens again. Yeah. And the, the, the bitterness, brick. Yeah, it just starts to compound and compound. And what you have weeks later, months later, years later is this home, <laughs> this mansion of bitterness built up inside of you. And then the littlest thing is going to be the thing that, causes it all to crumble your spouse does something what to them doesn't feel like that big of a deal and now you're talking about divorce Mm -hmm. right and so um that's why it's super important to have really intentional and even hard conversations before your emotions get there because those little bricks of bitterness start to grow into something really frankly ugly and will turn Mm -hmm. into something really ugly um if they're not addressed soon Hmm. Um, and this is, do you have any, I, I feel like I'm talking a lot in no, my, no, my stuff and anything there. I, I think too, the, um, even that biblical model that we see of forgiveness and repentance when you've wronged a brother, when you, when somebody has wronged you going to them quickly 
and going to them one-on-one, this is for like the, the sin, how do you address sin and like the church context model. But I think it makes sense. Like we should be in this um, constant rhythm of repentance Mm -hmm. often um, for the, again, it was, they were talking about the health of the church, but for the health of our marriage, Mm -hmm. if we're not in a constant rhythm of, Hey, I'm sorry, I wronged you. I'm not going to do that again. Where did I misunderstand Mm -hmm. you? Um, And even when it's, it's like, so, so God's nature, because he also says like, even when he says to pray for your enemy, I was just thinking like, he didn't say like, wait for you to not feel like you don't hate them. And then you can go ahead and pray for them. Like he, like even in the midst of them being your enemy, pray for them. Mm. And hopefully your spouse isn't your enemy, but sometimes it feels like, Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a time where I like, and we've shared that story from a couple of years ago during our huge like marriage crisis. I didn't necessarily like feel like, gosh, I just really want to pray for Jerry. It was like, I want to throw something at his head. <laughs> like I had these got to go back to counseling, all these throwing things. I didn't realize. <laughs> you know when you're just so angry and you like picture yourself like <laughs> No, never been there. That's your sin nature. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. But anyway, like that's not a time where you're like, gosh, I'm just going to, you know, go to God and like lift him up to, no, it's like, I want to, I want to hurt him. I'm so angry, but like God says, even at that time, pray for your enemy. Pray when they're still your enemy. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat> I think for what we were feeling the other day, a couple just quick things is one, where it should have started is the very first time I felt like you weren't reciprocating. <laughs> I feel like I'm saying that word weird. <laughs> Reciprocate. Reciprocating. I think I was missing the P. Anyway. Uh, no, I was saying, uh, anyway, the first time I felt like you weren't giving back mm-hmm. what I was giving you, I should have felt, I should have articulated right in that moment mm-hmm. and the whole next 13 hours would have been avoided mm-hmm. if I would have said, here's what I'm feeling mm-hmm. right now. And a lot of guys, frankly, part of my language don't have the balls to do that. It's a really scary, vulnerable thing to do that, to say, well, what I did was get mad mm-hmm. and it turned into anger, which was my second emotion. Mm-hmm. My first emotion was feeling like hurt or I felt a little bit rejected or whatever. And, um, and I should have just brought it up. I should have just said something right there and it probably mm-hmm. would have been done mm-hmm. and, we, and we would have gone closer to each other. And then the second thing is, that I should have done was uh, give you a hug, even when I didn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that, that was a really terrible thing. I apologize before, but also, I'm sorry again that mm-hmm. I did that. That was a really terrible thing. You should never do that to your wife. If she's trying to give you a hug, give her a damn hug back. Like, that's <laughs> a bad idea to not. That's what was so hurtful was I felt like I was trying to reach out. And there's nothing more hurtful, I think, than being rejected. Like, And so, and even for me, and maybe Jared's talked about it behind my back on this podcast before, but <laughs> it's, I don't know what it is. I'm not, like, physical... Um, expressions of love are not my strong suit. So to like think that I need to express love to him, this is how I'm going to do it in a physical way. I'm going to give him a hug. Like that's not usually my first um, inclination. It's, you know, usually like maybe, I don't know, I write him a letter usually or like a note. <laughs> but but anyway, I thought I'm going to give him a hug. We have a stressful season. I need We need to draw close to each other and connect. And this is how I'm going to do it because I know this is how he feels loved. And so for me to even have the thought that like I'm going to do this for him and then to be rejected was like that's what made it so yeah. like worthy of a glass thrown at the head was because that's not my, my go-to and it was yeah. rejected. You felt vulnerable. 
and mm-hmm. you made yourself vulnerable mm-hmm. and you got hurt. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, so quicker to get to your spouse, say, yeah. here's what I'm feeling. Because those seasons of bitterness um, are those bricks of bitterness will destroy a right. marriage. We and could have. Re- I could have just come home from work if we had never messaged and cleared the air and talked about it. We could have, um, you know, just let the day go by. And, you know, probably by the next day would have been back to normal. Um, but like you said, that would have been a brick um, yeah. built. Yeah, and those compounds. Yeah, the, what happens if we don't do this is it really is, like I described earlier, is we get into these long seasons of bitterness that it will turn into. I've just seen it so many times where you've been holding on to it, holding on, holding on, holding on, and then all of a sudden it explodes. Mm-hmm. And the littlest thing that didn't feel like a big thing to your spouse is the thing that really can mm-hmm. cause very serious draw. yeah, marital damage. Um, not that it's you can't recover. God, like there's forgiveness and there's grace. Some marriages don't recover. They end in divorce. But even if you do recover, when those things explode, it still leaves a scar. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that will like, it will be a season in your marriage that you remember. Mm-hmm. And that happened because when you were the very first time you were feeling hurt or rejected mm-hmm. or vulnerable, you didn't say something. You right. tucked away that bitterness. It's a lot easier to process and work through like one day of hurt feelings. But once you've let years, months, years go by to have all those years to rehash, like all this, yeah. you know, cause that last blow up and the thing that may, you know, end the marriage or at least really put it in crisis mode, um, could, could have been like just little days here and there that you remedied along the way, but then it ends up being like all the things on one day explode in your face when, yep. yeah. Yeah. That's that. I mean, uh, that that's that biblical model of repentance. It should mm-hmm. be quick. It should be like, hey, I wronged you. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't know you're feeling it, and it's over. Right. There shouldn't be like church splits, and that's that's that was yeah. the whole point of this. Mm-hmm. What the the writer was saying in the passage where they're talking about healthy church mm-hmm. discipline and all that. It's like it should it should be it should be one day quick stuff, yeah. not these like build up, build up, build mm-hmm. up. Holy cow, our church is and the church fell apart. And that's the same thing with marriage. It should be these daily like. But what about when, um, because what I heard you say earlier, which made me wonder when, like, cause you said, cause you were kind of hurt too the other mm-hmm. day, but you said, even though you weren't feeling it yet, you came in and apologized. But like, so, um, what I was going to say about that is like, um, so Jared not feeling maybe in the moment, like he was the one that did something wrong. So he should apologize, but just, seeing that I was hurt and then like going to remedy that, like drawing in because I'm hurt, not because like who's right, who's wrong, who's more right, who's more wrong. Um, but just saying like, okay, well, whatever it is, even though I felt justified in what I did, I can see that my spouse is hurt. I'm going to draw in just simply because of that. Yeah. Not necessarily like, well, you were wrong, so I shouldn't be the one to apologize, you know, right, or right. you should have flirted back with me, so why am I the one saying sorry? Yeah. Um, but even just saying like, okay, even though we're not seeing eye to eye on this, I'm sorry that you're feeling hurt. You know, my intention is not to hurt you. We Something we always say to each other when we are on the cusp or like when we feel the tensions rising is I'm on your team. Yeah. Like just even that Literally, those are the only words. I'm on your team. Just a quick reminder that we're on the same team. Um, we're not enemies. We're not playing against each other. But um, just remember, we're on the same team. Yeah, it goes back to all this, the what you were saying earlier. Am I alone? Are you with mm-hmm. me? Yeah. Can I count on you? Right, 
Are you and here? There's nothing from our baby who is crying in the crib right now yeah. who we're going to go get <laughs> um, to adults. Like all of us are always feeling that. Mm-hmm. Am I alone? Mm-hmm. Is somebody are you there for me? Are, are you there for me? And um, that never goes away, as Brene Brown talks mm-hmm. about in a lot of her books. Uh, by the way, you can get free audiobooks if you go to dadtire.com forward slash audible. Um, if you don't have an audible membership, you can actually get those for free. I know a lot of you guys are going through it. And, um, and so you're, you're just needing a lot of prayer right now. And so I want to tell you about my friends over at pray.com. Dad Tired has always been a community where we've prayed for each other. We've lifted each other up and um, prayed that we would be the men that God's called us to be. Uh, I know even with this particular episode, we're talking about marriage. There are a lot of you guys who are dealing with some really heavy marital stuff and you're just looking for prayer and for guys to come alongside of you and support you. Um, That's why I partnered with my friends over at Pray.com. They have an app that allows us to create a community on the app where you can actually create a profile and share your prayer requests. And it's just a really clean, easy way for us to have one spot where all of our prayers are captured and you can pray for other guys. You can share prayer requests of your own there. Um, It's a really, really great app. It's not just a pray app. Uh, It's not just for prayer. They also bring stories, Bible stories to life. They've got stories that they they can uh, read for you at bedtime routines. They've got prayer routines, prayer plans. Just It's a really great um, tool to use to just continue to fall in love with the Lord, meet other guys who are like-minded. So I'm really excited about what they're doing right now. All of our Dad Tired listeners will get 60% off of a Pray.com premium subscription. Um, by downloading the pray.com app at pray.com forward slash dad tired. Again, that's P-R-A-Y.com forward slash dad tired. There's over 50 million prayers have been put on pray.com, which is just incredible. Uh, You can find out why it's just such a great app. Go to pray.com forward slash dad tired. Join the dad tired community and share prayers uh, for each other. Do you know the most epic stories of the Bible? New from the pray.com app. Pray Biblical Sagas. Jesus, the maker of heaven and earth and the conquering Lion of Judah, stood before his pursuers. He spoke with the voice of God, saying, I am he. The most exciting way to learn the Bible in one year. All you need to do is download the Pray.com app in Android or Apple app stores. Download the Pray.com app and hear the Bible come to life today.